So this morning, uh, the message is on focus, focus. Now, if you will direct your attention here to the front of my podium. <laughs> What's that? I can't switch. Oh, focus, there we go. That uh, if we look at the idea of focusing, we are directing our attention to. So whenever we are saying that we are to focus, the scripture that I'm reading from is Philippians chapter 3, verse 13, which is, I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Uh, the, so as we look at this uh, New Living Translation, the word is, I focus. So it is a determined effort by you, or in this case, by Paul, that he is telling uh, the church at Philippi to focus. Now, when we think about focus on forgetting, it's almost like I don't want you to think of a pink elephant. <laughs> no, don't think of a pink elephant. Okay, you got that? No pink elephants are to be in your thoughts. <laughs> You're thinking of a pink elephant. Well, this one is saying I focus, means there's an effort. Now, are, are we focused on forgetting? Because if we, if we look at this uh, idea of what Paul is trying to tell us, is that we are to disregard intentionally. <clears throat> we are to intentionally overlook something. Now, some, you know, have you ever been in a crowd or a group of people and you went to speak with someone and they intentionally looked away? You know, it's like, you want to go up and poke them, you know. I'm here, you know. Well, in this case, we are to intentionally overlook the failures of our life, that we are to forget the past, the, even, the successes and the failures, because sometimes the greatest hindrance to our future success is past success. So we have to look at life and realize that our future, you know, our future's in front of us, I say that all the time, our future's in front of us and the present is something we're dealing with. Now, we don't have all the answers, but we can't allow the past to keep interrupting where we're going. So you have to choose to disregard your past. You have to choose to disregard your past. Now, that in, in this case, we're saying um, uh, that whether it's a failure, whether it's, uh, you know, slip-ups, whatever, we learn from our past and we can remember our mistakes, but we're not to focus on them. We're to intentionally put them aside. What have we learned? How have we come to this conclusion? And how is this going to help me deal with the present and go forward? You see, God isn't, God is, whenever he talks about forgiveness, he's wanting us to let go of the past. Now, I know I've, I've spoken on this many times, but it's still, we need to continue to remind ourselves about that the past is important. We couldn't have been here uh, without going through the past. But the past is not to dictate uh, where we are going with our future. So that's why we have forgiveness. So um, we, ha we, we, we don't, <laughs> if we don't let go of the old, we will never be able to embrace the new. If you don't let go of the old, you'll never embrace the new. So whenever it comes to the end of life, we let go of the old body and embrace the new life that's in heaven. Whenever we're going through each day, we're letting go of yesterday and embracing today. 
See, it's, so it's a process that we're doing at the present, we're doing it every day, and we'll do it at the end of life. It's, you know, letting go of our past, letting go of our sins. Make the choice to look forward. <laughs> we make the choice to look forward. The future's in front of us. Amen. The future's in front of us. It's always in front of us. You know, and, if, if, and God is, we are in a process of going to a place. You know, uh, the world is going to a conclusion, <laughs> coming to a conclusion. Uh, we know that Christ will return. We know that the end times is coming. But more importantly, the present time is here. And the present time for us is to focus on what God is doing in our life, what we are doing in our life with God, and, and remembering to thank God for the moment, acknowledge God in the present, acknowledge that God, thank you God that you're with me, I pray that you will give me direction as I drive, protection as I drive today, I pray that you will be with my family, I pray that you will watch over them and keep them. What we're doing is allowing God, inviting God into the moment. In the Sunday school lesson, um, it's, you know, um, talked about, it wasn't so much the idolatry of Israel, it was that they forgot God. They neglected to remember God and they went into their following of idols. In our life, we must never forget God, to invite him into every aspect of our life, to acknowledge him. You know, God, we're going to school today. <laughs> Help me today, give me the right words, give me the right thoughts. Help me, God, to study. Help me, God, to remember when I'm taking the test. Help me, God, to know who are the correct friends and the ones I should let go and the ones I should be a part of because I am with God, God is with me, and we are choosing which direction we're going. So it is time then to open our eyes to see God and what God has done for you, for your family, and so on. We, we find that um, I had a another page here. I was going to use this as a conclusion, but I thought I would, might as well enter it in now. But you see, we are to focus. And the, the, the idea is that you will see the abundant life that the Lord has in store for us when we focus on what God wants to do. Now, um, 1 Corinthians says, uh, that is what the scripture means when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has revealed, what God has prepared for those who love him. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. You see, whenever we are focused on God, we are allowing God to speak to our hearts. And what is the secret that God wants to reveal to us? The secret that he wants to reveal to us is the things that we need most. Right? What do we need most? Well, each one is different. Some of us need to know that we're loved. Some of us need to know that we're forgiven. Some of us need to know that God has prepared a place for us. Some of us need to know that we are safe in God's hands, that uh, no obstacle is too difficult. No place is too, too hard. See, what is it that we need to hear from, the, from God? God wants to relay that to our, to our spirit, to our hearts. 
So the only answer to the destruction of the lives that we see around us, and especially in our area lately, the, the shootings and the killings and so on, not only in Johnstown, but in the, the cities, and, you know, the big cities and, and the, the gangs and all that, there's only, there's only one answer, and the answer is Jesus Christ. And to our, to our, to our families that, you know, when we, we've allowed our family system to be destroyed by people separating and, and bringing chaos to their families and to their children. And they never, they, they, don't, they don't put in place some type of structure, some type of foundation. You know, we have adults who think that they're, you know, that we, without God there's no accountability and we're not, te- how are our children ever going to find accountability? If there's none in the government and there's none in the, in the, in the system and there's none in the, in the family, where does accountability come in? And you see, we're all going to answer to God. And, but God doesn't want to sit in judgment of us. He wants to bestow upon us his blessing and he wants to help us in our, in our dealing with life to cut off those failures of the past. Forgive. He wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to be established in our hearts. He wants us to be established in where we're going and what we're doing. You know, we're going to work. May I, do, may I do the best job possible today? God, help me to do the best job possible. Help me, Lord, to, to say the right thing, to have the right attitude, to have the right approach to life. Help me to not hurt hurting people who are trying to attack me. Help me, Lord, to do those things. So, that's my soapbox. <laughs> um, I guess uh, some, when I see sometimes uh, families and individuals who's just messing up all over and they won't, they won't uh, recognize God. They won't see that there is help in God. They see the church and they see Christ as something of uh, a crutch. Well, uh, he's not a crutch. He's a person. <laughs> he's a life jacket. <laughs> He's, he's the one who's going to keep us and, and keep us safe and secure. So anyhow, focus. God presented himself in Jesus Christ. Our religions and our churches, we do our best to present God, you know. You know, some churches have stained glass windows and they have the um, uh, pictures of you know, the, the manger or the saints or whatever. All these things were put in place so that people could be reminded of what God did, what the Word says. But somehow we lost the image of Christ. So in our worship and in our, in our um, coming to church, and we, we need to see Jesus and, and recognize that it is Christ who is the answer to our lives and to the need. So God presents himself to us in Jesus Christ. He doesn't present himself in the uh, building, whether it be you know, billions of dollars or whether it be a, a shack. It does, you know, where two or three agree to, where two or three are gathered together in his name. Christ is there. God is with us. And we find that these are promises, whether it's in a mega church or in a small church or whether it's a small uh, number of people. There's a fly here. <laughs> Just focus, David, focus. <laughs> so, 
the thief. This is in uh, John 10.10. 10. Okay, focus. Focus on what God wants to do in our life. And the, 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 um, the next scripture that I have is John 10.10. 10. The thief comes only to steal and kill and to destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Now, focus is recognizing that there is someone who's trying to steal from you. All right? Now, what they're trying to steal from you, well, we're going to find that out. But in John 10.10, under the Message Bible, it says, Jesus told the story, but they had no idea what it was talking about, so he tried again. He said, I'll be explicit. I am the gate for the sheep. All those uh, others are up to no good. They are sheep stealers, every, every one of them. But the sheep didn't listen to him. Jesus says, I am the gate. Anyone who goes through me will be cared for, will freely go in and out and find pasture. A thief is only there to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So the thief that we're speaking of in this lesson, now, so the, fee, the, 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 the focus is to recognize that we are loved by God. The focus is to know that we are forgiven by God. The focus is to know that God loves us and he has a plan and a purpose. Now, there's, there's someone trying to interrupt that. There's some force trying to complicate life. Well, this is the thief. And we, later on, well, Christ, uh, the thief is the devil. So thief is a person who steals another's, person, uh, steals another's property, especially by stealth, without using force or violence. So the thief has come to steal from you. The devil is the thief. He is the liar. He is a deceiver. He is a swindler. He is a cheat. He is a fraud. He's a charlatan. He's a quack. <laughs> he's an imposter. He's a sham. He's a hoax. He's a villain. He's a shyster. He's a scoundrel. He's a con artist. He is a shark. He's a flim flammer, a scam artist, a bunco artist. A chiseler. <laughs> so whenever we think of the devil, we think of him, he is a thief. And what does he come to steal? Now think of this. A thief tries to take what is not his. And he doesn't have it, so he tries to steal yours. The thief is trying to take from us the life and the gifts that God has given to us. So you see, if it was not of value, the thief wouldn't be after it. A thief comes to your house or a thief come, breaks into your car or truck. A thief breaks into, you know, to steal what he wants to take something that is of value. So the devil is trying to steal from you something that is of value. And we're saying, well, what do I have that's of value? Everything that you have in Christ, the devil wants to steal. Because if he can, the, the, the biggest thing he wants to take from you is your life, your soul. He wants your soul. He wants your soul to be lost and in hell where he can laugh at you and how that you allowed yourself to be deceived and be, be, uh, fall for the imposter. You fell for the sham. You know, um, in my book, <laughs> I haven't referred to that for a while. In my book, 
I talk about this lady who's, you know, her husband died, and, and uh, this guy came to her house and said, you know what, you have cancer of the brick. I'm sorry, but you're, you know, you're, you're going to lose your house unless you do something immediately. And so he, he and she said, well, what's it going to cost me? She said, well, $10,000. So this lady went to the bank, withdrew $10,000 and paid this guy, and he power washed half of her house, you know, with the power washer, cleaned it all up, and he says, there, it's good. Well, that wasn't enough. About two or three weeks later, he returned, and he said, ma'am, I'm sorry, I didn't get all of it. I need to do the rest of your house. It's going to be another 10000 so she goes to the bank, and she withdraws another $10,000 cash. Fortunately, one of the tellers at the bank was a friend of her and her husband, and he said, I don't mean to be nosy, but, you know, $20,000 in, in, in a couple of weeks, that's a lot of money. He says, oh, I have cancer of the brick, and this guy is helping me out. He's saving my house. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he saved your house. Well, they called the police and they arrested him. Well, you see, the devil is someone who will come and take something from you and have you believe a lie, and you're going to give it to him. Like giving your peace away. God says his peace that he gives unto you. God gives us peace. Now, that doesn't mean there's no storm. It doesn't mean there's no conflict, but God gives us peace. So a peace stealer, who steals your peace? Well, you let it go. Uh, I like the one that, uh, you make me angry. No, people don't make you anything. <laughs> you allow yourself to become angry. You don't make me angry. I allow myself to become angry at what you said. You're always in charge of you. And you see, the devil's trying to rob from us. He is trying to steal the property. He is trying to steal the property that belongs to God. You belong to God. Your blessings in your life, your gifts, your life, your job, your children, your neighborhood, your home, whatever God has placed in your hands, the, somebody wants to steal it, and it's not the neighbor, it's God, it's the it's the devil. <laughs> He wants to steal from you what's not his. And when, he, when, when we see ourselves as a Christian, <laughs> you see, we, we see ourselves as a believer, the devil wants to take away from you your faith. Because if you will fail in your faith, you will not accomplish as much as God wants you to. So the, the evil wants you to doubt but see, God doesn't have a problem with doubt. God doesn't have a problem with our questions. God doesn't have a problem with our failures. <laughs> because he knows who we are and he knows where we come from. He knows our frailty. He knows our weaknesses. But then he wants to give to us his strength to overcome those weaknesses. <laughs> so evil wants to take from you what God has given you. The thief comes only to steal, to take, another's person or property without permission, all right? Dishonestly, <laughs> dishonestly take off with something that you have. Now, he wants, the thief wants to steal, he wants to kill, which means to cause the death of. Cause the death of. Did you know that the word of God is alive and active? It is 
The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. The, the, uh, another version says the word of God is alive and active. So the thief wants to kill the living, active word of God in your life. The, the word is alive, it, it is sharp, and it, it, it's penetrating to our soul. It helps us know what is right and wrong. It helps us to pray and, and to, to understand and to believe and to trust. And so that word of God is there, and the devil wants to kill the life of the word. But he can't do it unless we allow it to happen. See, God's word, you know, the devil's defeated. He, he's defeated. So he is operating on a scam. The devil's already defeated. He knows that his days are numbered. He knows that eternity in hell and the lake of fire is his. And he knows that all this is coming. And so before that day gets here, he wants to destroy as much of God's people as he can and of God's creation that he can. And he wants to destroy, put an end to the existence of something. He wants to damage. He wants to ruin. The Latin for destroy is to debuild, to tear down. You see, so steal, kill, and destroy. But <sighs> we need to look at our words. Before I leave this section, I want us to recognize we want to look at our words that are destructive to ourselves and to others. Those words need to be eliminated from our vocabulary. I'm not good enough. God didn't give you those words. Um, I can't do this. God didn't give you those words. Take those words out of your vocabulary. Well, I can do all things. Does that mean I can be a doctor? No, that's not what I'm called to be. <laughs> but I can do the things that God has called me to do. I can do this. So, I have come, Jesus says, I have come. I have come. God became flesh and dwelt among us. I have come. God became like us. The word became flesh and I beheld him, John says. I held the word of God. I hugged him. I came, I have come that you will have life. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it abundantly. You see, there isn't just the survival here. We're not just on survivor here getting through the first three weeks or four weeks of some tests. We are here to have an abundance of life and the abundance of life is an... Is an, an, an um, it's like popcorn, you know? It just expands all over the place, you know? It gets heated up and it just blesses everything, pops off, you know? You get heated up, you pop off, <laughs> pop up. <laughs> so, I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than ever dreamed of. That's the Message Bible. So real life is actually existing. Real life is actually existing as a person, as a thing. Real life is something that actually exists. I have come that you will have real life. You will have an actual existence of God living forever. Um, 
Jesus is the author of life. He's breathed into us the breath of life. We become a living soul. We are going to live forever, so why not have an abundant life? So real life is founded in Christ, living life empowered by Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living in us and the fruits of the Spirit growing in our lives, the gifts of the Spirit being imparted into our lives so that we can become this real-life person. We can be this real-life individual that allows the gifts to work in us. Love. (laughs) Love. Perfect love casts out all fear. Joy. These are my definitions. (laughs) So if they mess up with somebody else's, that's okay. Joy is a pleasant, overjoyful contentment of the soul. I know you shouldn't use the word that you're trying to define as a word in the, in, the, in the definition, but you'll just have to live with that. Okay, peace is a resting of the soul, a resting of life in God, a peace that exists in the strongest of storms, a peace that passes our understanding. You see, life, real life, is that existence of God inside of us that the devil can't kill. (laughs) Patience, being able to persevere. Uh, Continue on without becoming upset or discouraged knowing that everything will be according to God's plan. Gentleness, an attitude of the heart that has compassion for all good things. Meekness, strength under control, that's... The pow- I like this one. Power with an accelerator and a brake. <laughs> That's meekness. Meekness is strength under control. Um, the, the definition is, uh, I always remember this one, if you have a, a wild stallion that's running free and, 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 uh, and, uh, out in the plains and you capture it and you tame it and you put a bridle on it and guide it, that's meekness. It has not lost its strength It hasn't lost its beauty. It just knows how to be controlled by the the rider. And in our life, God is the meekness. Kindness, an attitude of the mind that desires to offer hope and help to those who who lack. And long-suffering is the ability to see God in the midst of the pain. So you see, we're not just... The life of the Spirit and the life that God has given us is so... I came that they may have life and have it in abundance. You see, abundantly, in a large quantity and plentiful. We look at our life and that there's a plentiful, a plentifulness. That's a good word, isn't it? <laughs> plentifulness. Well, we have an abundant life. Deuteronomy 6.3 from our Sunday school lesson says, Hear, O Israel, and observe to do it, to do the law, that it may be well with you, and that you may increase mightily as God has promised that you will have the land that is flowing with milk and honey. So from, from the beginning of the Old Testament and from the beginning of Israel, moving into the land of promise, God has given the assurance of abundance. Our Christian life be filled with abundance. Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Given it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meter without meter out will be measured to you again. Hmm. Real life, given it shall be given. We will find abundance. We will find a greater provision. 
you will find that God is at work in our life, in our everyday life. You see, Jesus is always on a mission. Abide in me and my words abide in you. You will ask whatever you want and it shall be done. Wow, there's an abundance there. There's a, an affirmation that God is with us. He wants to bring life to our spirit. He wants to bring life to our dreams. He wants to bring life to our finances and to our relationships. He wants to have, in every area of our existence, there is this idea of life and abundance. So, we get to choose. (laughs) Things may not always be good, but that just means they're not over yet. (laughs) So the thief in the scripture, well, he's out to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus says, I have come. Okay, Jesus is here. I have come that you might have life, that you might have real life, abundant life, that I have come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly so that what we possess, God is going to bless. What God wants to do in our life is to bless what we already have. So we are sowing our seed knowing that we will reap a harvest. I have come, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. God wants us to be aware of the thief. If you know where the thief is coming, you, you know, you, you're prepared for him. So don't allow anything or anybody, any situation to say you can't, but you, you can. You find that the page that you're on is the page that God is with you and that he is going to help you in this present situation. No difficulty is too, 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 uh, too hard. And no problem is beyond being solved. Because the giver of life is in us and he has given us the strength. Amen? Amen. He was, uh, but if it, it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. This was back in Corinthians. For his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. God has revealed these things by his Holy Spirit to us. I have come that you might have life, that you might have abundance. For the Spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. So there's more to life than what we see. There's more to what's going on than what we perceive. And there's more to life than just doing our thing. It is allowing God to be part of our life and to be part of our focus and, and to see how that God is working through us. Focus on letting go and overlooking the failures. Focus on knowing that evil will try and take away from you the good. Focus on Christ that he is the one who provides for us, gives us strength for each day, and that he will see us through every obstacle. I have come that you might have life and you might have it abundantly. We say abundance? Abundance. How many vote for abundance? Amen. How many vote for an abundant snowstorm? Uh, No. How many vote for an abundant life? Amen. Let's stand, shall we? Father, we are so grateful that you have promised life to us and life in abundance. 
We are grateful, Lord, for how that you watch over and keep us. Thank you for the abundance of your spirit and the, the mighty provision that is ours in you. God, nothing is impossible. And no matter how much we receive from you, Lord, there is no lack. We do not diminish the abundance that you have. So we thank you, God, for every provision, every provision in our life. God, you will come to us to meet those needs. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen? Amen. Abundance. <laughs>